0: It's time.
1: We are not called to be nice.
0: Sandy Rios. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks
2: for being here.
1: We are often called to be confrontational.
2: And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like for- me
1: or you, or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it.
3: Uh, Longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We
1: have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do.
3: It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have.
4: Director
1: of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something.
5: This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host.
1: Some things are worth fighting for. Sandy Rios with you, coming to you live from, uh, you know, Hold Their Feet to the Fire, the radio road that happens every year in Washington. Uh, right across from the Capitol, we're the, on the rooftop of Fox News, which again is familiar turf for me. I worked for Fox for so long, but I never was doing this on the roof, so this is a new experience. Uh, I'm looking at Grand Central Station, it's just beautiful. And uh, we can see the Capitol, except for the big coffee tureen that's between me and it. it, it it's beautiful. <laughs> and I have a special guest today. Uh, There's a lot of news, always is every night, about immigration. I was watching it, I'm sure some of you are too, but Mark Morgan certainly pays attention. He's the former acting commissioner of U.S. Customs and Border Protection. Uh, he's currently a Newsmax contributor. Some of you are always wondering where you can get your news. Newsmax and I think One America now are my two favorite choices right now. He's a senior fellow for the Federation for American Immigration Reform, my longtime friends. And uh, so they're the ones that put this on every year. So, Mark, thanks for joining us.
3: Sandy, thanks for having me. Mean, thanks for all you do.
1: Really appreciate Well, we we're, we all have our own role, don't we, in trying Absolutely. to save this country. That's right. All right, I want to ask you something policy-wise before we get personal. Um, I just heard that uh, President Biden is thinking about throwing out the Remain in Mexico policy. Wouldn't he love to do that?
3: Yeah, he would. And look, since day one, he actually stopped it. And MPP, what the Remain in Mexico, what, what your listeners need to understand, I refer to that as the game changer. One of the most significant loopholes we had in our immigration system is that if you came to our, broke into our country illegally as a family, you were released into the United States. Never to be heard from again. We know 90% don't show up for their court hearings and and they remain here in the country illegally. With the Remain in Mexico, what President Trump did is he closed that loophole, he ended catch and release, and by February of 2020, we saw the the, uh, uh, illegal immigration reduced by 75%. This administration on day one removed it, and that is one of the leading reasons why we have a catastrophic crisis our border, and he is bent on making sure that he does not institute, even though the Fifth Circuit has told them that they have to. Uh,
1: you know, and the re- this, clarify for us, sure. the Remain in Mexico policy was like a a department uh, regulation rule, not a law passed by Congress. That's the publication, right? Right,
3: you're right. And yeah. saying that, that's key because Congress, both on the... Democrat and Republican side have failed the American people. Oh, really?
1: Tell me about right. it. Well, so That's f- terrible.
3: Yeah, remember, under the Trump administration, so the Republicans had the House, the Senate, and the yeah. White House, and they failed still to pass any meaningful legislation. So President Trump had to go back to the INA and say, what can we do to close that loophole? We came up with the remaining Mexico program. Unprecedented cooperation with Mexico and Sandy, it worked.
1: Yes, it did work. I mean, it was amazing. The, the border, the sh- it just shut down the flow of the illegal immigration. It, it did seem, yep. to you absolutely yep.
3: This administration inherited the most secure border in our lifetime, yep. and this president, with a stroke of a political pen, destroyed yep. it and opened it up. Stop
1: building the border, Stop wouldn't, the wouldn't wall. allow it. It's amazing. It's just. Uh a travesty. It
3: is a trap. That's yeah. the right word. Yeah. That, and, and what you're, you're listening to understand, travesty is the right word because it's not it's just about illegal immigration. This is about border security. Right. And when you open your border up to one threat or one crisis, you're opening your border up to all the threats. So so with open borders, you get drugs pouring in, you get gang members yeah. pouring in, you get criminal aliens pouring in, and you're exponentially opening our border up to the exploitation impacting our national security. That's the truth.
1: Yeah. Mark, I, you made a point that I want to emphasize. Uh, you know, we've been doing this radio, well, I think for 14 years. I think I've been here for 14 years. And we've been fighting immigration. It was terrible under George W. Bush. They wouldn't do anything. He was, I don't know, I wouldn't say he was for open borders, but he was certainly on the left. We have so many so-called moderate Republicans in the Senate who've been feckless on this. And that's why we're, I, blame, I blame them as much as I do Joe Biden because they could have done something. They could have codified it. Uh, in the Congress, and they did not. So we have to be clear about that.
3: Absolutely, Kassandra. I could not agree more with you.
1: Yeah, I want to ask you about your background a little bit. Can sure. we do that, get sure. personal? Because you have such a great resume. You were an FBI agent. You were an LAPD officer. You were a U.S. Marine, and now, unfortunately, you're an attorney. Oh, right. <laughs> you just kept going down, down, down.
6: I'm with you. Hey. I, I deserve that.
1: <laughs> but um, I was just thinking as I read that how each of your life, work work are under attack every area of that absolutely Um, and so let's talk about the FBI right now Um, just your speak freely. I know you will. Right. What, your, what your assessment of the FBI is right now?
3: Look, for, I did 20 years standing in the FBI. Uh, incredible men and women, just like all, all law enforcement personnel, dedicated their whole lives to serving this country, sacrificing so much that most people have no idea what, what an FBI sacrifice, what their family sacrifices. But I have to be honest with you, I, I am disappointed in what I've seen. And, and what I look at is, because I was a commissioner during the, the riots uh, in two thousand uh, 1920, uh, Portland, Oregon. What uh, We had a federal courthouse that was under siege. You were still seized. active
1: FBI during the Portland, Ho- I, I was, Oregon?
3: No, I was actually the uh, commissioner of CBP at the time. But okay. CBP, okay. We, we had personnel there at CBP protecting the federal courthouse. that was being attacked every day. That uh, They were trying to, to burn the, the federal courthouse down with federal agents inside. And you look at how the FBI treated that versus how they treated January 6th. Oh, it's completely God. different. Yeah. And at the end of the day I I I, I, I think that it's it's fair assessment to criticize the FBI to say, they're playing politics. Why are they treating what happened in January 6th so different than how they handled uh, what happened in Portland? Those are fair questions, and I think they're fair, fair criticisms.
1: Well, they, uh, yeah, I think, you under, I think you understate the problem, but uh, it's yeah. very kind of you. I, right. I am I'm appalled. I talk about January 6th a lot. I can't believe what they've done, and you know, one last thing, Mark, when, uh, I remember when those Republicans were shot on the field in Alexandria, Yes. And I remember the FBI briefing after that. I'm not sure everybody saw that, but I did. I watched it, and I could not believe the smug disregard they called it. Uh, they said he had, they didn't know what the reason was, and he had emotional problems. And it was just amazing how they downplayed the fact that they were, he was a Bernie Sanders supporter, and he went after Republicans blatantly. Asked if that was Republicans on the field. That is when I realized how. Corrupt, they had become.
3: Well, I tell you what—it's what, very disheartening for me, Sandy, is because I think the reputation of the FBI—it's clearly been tarnished, and that yeah. hurts. That yeah. hurts because uh, your husband, as well, right? We right. d- 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 dedicate our lives uh, to the service uh, in the country in the FBI. Um, but I, I put the majority of this directly on the shoulders of, of the horrendous leadership of Director Comey.
1: Yeah. I do too, but he also he he inherited terrible leadership from Mueller, as far as I'm concerned too. But I but listen. I- that's all the time we have right now, so will you <laughs> promise <laughs> me will you promise me that you'll join me my phone at a later date because I Absolutely. would really like to talk to you further Absolutely. there'll be more developments and I there's just so much more to say Th-
3: there is insane look I, yeah. I, I want to say something real quick you don 't mind first no. of all thank you to you for what you do it you you provide a critical service to this country look one of the frustrating things this administration is just about everything that comes out of their mouth is a lie and what you provide is the truth honesty and reality what's happened so Americans can be informed and, and take the appropriate action when, when they go to the polls. So thank you for what you do.
1: Thank you. I accept that. Thank you. And I I believe truth is important. I think it has its own power. Absolutely. And so I'm in the business of that and I know you are too. So God bless you, Mark. And thanks for all of your many things that you've done to serve this country. Thanks, Andy. And I'm glad you're not stopping. You're not retiring and going back, you know, and not yet just going to the beach and having fun because there's no time for that. That's right. Dying here. Amen. Okay. Thanks so much, Mark. Thank you. Mark Morgan, again, the uh, former acting commissioner of C- U.S. Customs and Border Protection. And he's a Newsmax contributor and also a senior fellow for FAIR. So uh, we'll talk to him again soon. Okay, my next guest. My next guest Thanks, Sandy. is somewhere. Hello, Mark. Thank you.
3: I going to go ask him about the habit have it.
1: Okay, that would be helpful. Chris, sit over here. Can you please? I get. You know what? Yeah, that son just... Uh, I don't know if I explained this on the air. We're on the air now. Uh, that the, the sun is right in my face. <laughs> so, it's a challenge. Chris, Chim- Chim- ah, I always have trouble. Schmelinski. Schmelinski? Schmelinski. Oh, Schimmel. Oh, I missed the, yeah. a couple of little shimmies there. <laughs> uh Chris, uh, is uh, the... Uh, uh, huh. I can't read in the sun. He's uh, the deputy director of Numbers USA. Numbers USA is an organization. It's the largest grassroots um, immig- immigration organization in the country. I know them very well because they're, they're, uh, Rosemary Jenks is a very good friend of mine. She's deeply connected on Capitol Hill. They have I don't know how many thousands of people you have as members, Chris. Do you Millions. Know? Millions. Millions, yeah. So that when uh, Rosemary goes on Capitol Hill and lobbies congressmen and senators, they listen to her big time. Yeah. And so, what are they saying now, these congressmen and senators, about the mess that's on the border?
2: Well, uh, the good news is that uh, it's you know they they say it's always easy to be easier to be in the minority than in the majority and. Today is an interesting day for that. I think Nancy Pelosi is learning that the hard way. Um, so Republicans, though they're they're staying pretty united, um, so they're saying some good things about what's going down on the border. And uh, you know, even you've got a couple Democrats who are saying mm, maybe those Trump policies weren't quite so bad. Maybe remain in Mexico yeah. was a pretty good idea. Um, so. Yeah, whether we, whether, I don't think there's going to be any response from Congress as long as it stays in Democratic control. I mean, they seem to be uh, committed to this open borders agenda, essentially. Um, You know, they've got their budget reconciliation bill that they're still going to try to cobble together. Um, No money in there at all to deal with what's happening at the border, but rewards for illegal aliens, so.
1: It's, good for them it's, it's, it's shocking it really yeah. is how they uh, it's they're so blatant now they're so bold and i guess uh the truth is that our republican senators and congressmen find themselves just helpless they're hamstrung they when are they, when they could have done something they did nothing
2: yeah yeah and and um rosemary and and our grassroots and and us we're we're there to remind them of that hey you guys remember those first two years of Trump you didn't have to deal with you know you you could have passed strong border security through budget reconciliation you guys decided not to so
1: Chris uh, I think of all the victories really numbers USA has had I'm know in conjunction with the American people leading them in that way I think about the the Bush years how we fought back. Ugh. Against uh, you know they they were all, they weren't almost as bad as what right. we're facing now. Right. So, right. So so what happened? Remind people what you guys are able to do.
2: Yeah. Um. You know one of the one of the shows that I was on earlier and they said, well, you guys stand for reducing legal immigration. That hasn't happened. So I'm, you guys haven't been very effective. And I said, well, oh, lovely. actually, uh, we've prevented yeah. some really bad stuff yes. from happening. So the 0607 amnesty battle, obviously, that would have doubled legal immigration plus granted amnesty to about 12 million illegal aliens. 2013 would have tripled uh, legal immigration from its currently historically high levels and Uh, contributed greatly to illegal immigration Um, and I think we had you know pretty big impact on some of the policies that the Trump administration put in they did put in remain in Mexico we did have Jeff Sessions with his zero tolerance policy Um, they did expel most illegal border crossers and beefed up interior enforcement we moved away from the Obama uh, the Obama area era where they really only enforced criminal aliens that were convicted of violent crimes if that um, if we were lucky, they would get rid of some of those. Um, so, you know, they dealt with the recalcitrant countries. These are the countries that won't take people back when we try to deport them. So they came down on some tough things with that. Uh, they pretty much ended the, the, the 2019 border search. So, so we did stop bad things from happening. And, and we have helped on the illegal immigration front to try to stem it. But, you know, when you have an administration that just pretty much ignores the law and opens up the borders, there's only so much we can do.
1: Right. I also would add to that, there have been so many things that have been stopped by numbers, by the the good work of numbers that are behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, Things that they were considering doing, or regulations they were considering writing, and all of that. And. So, oh, I got thank you <laughs> that gentleman just is standing in the sun for me. Thank you so much, okay, anyway, so Chris, uh what are we left with now? I mean, I think people just feel uh, in on a lot of areas, but certainly on this uh, border issue. Uh, kind of a there's the music so what, what what can people do now? Anything?
2: Yeah the biggest thing is if, especially if you're in a Democratic district contact your members and tell them you're outraged about what's happening down on the border okay. they need to hear it because they're 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 hearing it but not enough they now, need to hear it more
1: I think so too and I, I point out that uh, MSNBC one of the anchors last week uh, just was appalled at what she was seeing and she says where's Kamala Harris that was one of the MSNBC <laughs> anchors so you know that you know the ground is shifting when you right. hear that right Chris Chmielinski, Ch- that's not right, Chmielinski. Chmielinski. Ch- rolls off
2: the tongue, key. right?
1: Numbers, I'll get it, Numbers <laughs> USA, uh, my guest this morning. No, thanks a lot, Chris. Thank you. I appreciate all your hard work. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk.
0: When an unplanned pregnancy happens to a mom in crisis, preborn clinics are there.
2: I was extremely scared. The father did not want the child and he had made me choose him or the baby.
0: This mother chose life after meeting with pre-born counselors and seeing her baby on ultrasound.
2: I just felt so blessed and the hand of God on me so strong. And I knew then on I was going to serve God and I was going to keep this child and I was going to love him just like God loved me so unconditionally.
0: Preborn centers met this mom in her darkest hour, helping her to choose not only life for her baby, but life in Jesus.
2: He was our little miracle child. God's timing was impeccable.
0: Preborn clinics are the largest providers of free ultrasounds in America, introducing moms to their preborn babies and helping them choose life. To find out more, visit preborn.com or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Jennifer Hammondy Chair of the National Transportation Safety Board. Her agency is responsible for civil accident investigation, including aviation, highway,
4: ships, pipeline, bridges, and railroads. Psalm 139 verses 9 and 10 reminds us of God's protection as we travel. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Jennifer Hammondy as the NTSB investigates civil accidents. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org.
5: Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. Hi, this is Todd Starnes, and I want to invite you and your family to join me for a weekend at one of the nation's premier firearms training centers. It's the Patriot Academy Constitutional Defense Course, hosted by America's Constitution coach, Rick Green. Rapid-fire constitutional training in the classroom and real-time gun training on the range. Mark your calendars now. November 28th, three- and five-day options available. To sign up, go to patriotacademy.com backslash Todd Starnes, patriotacademy.com backslash Todd Starnes. Tens of thousands of patriots are heading to the unemployment line, fired because they refused to get the China virus vaccine. As many as 70,000 medical professionals are facing termination in New York, hundreds more have already been fired in North Carolina and Missouri. United Airlines just announced as many as 600 workers have been given walking papers. It is a stunning move. Woke companies seem to believe they have a right to determine your health care decisions. When it comes to abortion, Democrats say your body, your choice. But when it comes to the China virus, Democrats say, your body, our choice. Just remember, if you are faced with the vaccine decision, don't resign. Make them fire you. That way you have legal standing in a court of law. Be sure to download my daily podcast. I have exclusive interviews with Senator Marsha Blackburn, Mike Huckabee, and Dog the Bounty Hunter. Available right now at toddstarns.com. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. All
1: right, Sandy Rios again, live, live and facing the sun I am on the rooftop of Fox News in downtown D.C., where you see the Capitol. It's, it's a beautiful morning. September's in D.C are really the most beautiful. The sun is just golden, but it's not so good when you're staring at it and you're trying to interview someone who's in that sun. So I think Congressman Chip Roy is sitting there, but I, I see the outline. I can't really see his face. <laughs> Congressman, uh, let me just say that uh, Congressman Chip Roy, Roy um, distinguished himself earlier in his life as Chief of Staff for senator ted cruz and that's how i first met him and then he went on to run for congress out of austin texas and won. we've interviewed him during that time when he was running and he's really uh just never not been a disappointment he has really been fighting hard for us so uh thank you for doing that congressman and then now let me ask you um you just came back from the border on a trip with uh, senator cruz so what did you see
7: Yeah, well, Sandy, thanks for having me on. As always, it's uh, great to be on your show. And, um, yeah, I was down at the uh, border, you know, the district I represent, Texas 21. The western, southwestern edge is about 100 miles from the border. So we feel the impact every single day. So Senator Cruz, my former boss, we went down to Uvalde, went down to Laredo, went down to Roma, McAllen, uh, went down and talked to ranchers, we talked to law enforcement personnel. And, look, the thing that I want to share with the audience that isn't talked about nearly enough is the impact and the human toll of a wide-open border. Democrats like to say they're compassionate. Yeah. But it's not compassionate for little girls to get sold into sex trafficking trade. It's not compassionate for ranchers to have their fences cut, livestock getting out. It's not compassionate for ranchers to find dead migrants on their ranches. They're finding them every day. Brooks County, Texas, 95 dead bodies this year. Oh. People, the the media is not talking about no. that. They're not talking about the three or 400 dead bodies across South Texas. They're not talking about the 100,000 Americans who have died of opioid poisonings this year. Because of fentanyl being pushed through the southern border, because of China pushing it through, and the cartels making hundreds of millions of dollars, it's real. It's harming individuals, and this administration is culpable because they're refusing to faithfully execute the laws.
1: Congressman, um, I'm curious. You're from actually Austin is very liberal. Yeah. I have good friends there, and uh, they fight against you. You know, you had you had a battle to get reelected. It's not uh, it's not as red as the rest of Texas. So how, how do you have any feel for what your constituents around the Austin area are feeling about these open borders?
7: Yeah, well, you know, first of all, I'm blessed to represent all of this central Texas area right. with a lot right. of really strong conservatives. Right. But Austin, obviously, is a little bit, it's the, it's the blueberry and the tomato soup, as my other <laughs> old boss, Governor Perry, used to talk about it. Uh, but look, I'm going to be, let's be real. People in Austin are getting tired of Mm -hmm. having lawlessness on the streets. Mm -hmm. Like it was Austin just passed a a camping uh, ordinance ban for the homeless. Why? Because they're tired of seeing cops getting cut you know, homeless campments, and people are starting to realize that this border problem is affecting them. This is not a partisan issue. It's only partisan in Washington and among leaders who want to race bait, and they want to say that somehow a secure border is about being anti-brown people. Tell you what, go talk to the 70% of border patrol agents who are Hispanic and whose communities are getting absolutely devastated, and go ask them if this is a brown issue. Zabata County on the border, voted Republican for the first time since 1920, okay? McAllen just elected a Republican mayor. Why? They're fed up. Every one of the Hispanic leaders in Laredo that Senator Cruz and I met with are furious at Joe Biden because they're MIA on the border. So. Austin, liberals, doesn't matter. People are starting to realize this and I just want the leftists to wake up and understand they're hurting people.
1: Congressman Henry Quaylor has really been outspoken. He's a Democrat. It's really interesting to hear what he's saying. I want to change the subject quickly because sure. uh, the N- National Defense Authorization Act gets passed every year in Congress. It, authori- it uh, funds all of our military and all of that and you guys are in the middle of that fight. Uh, so uh, tell us, oh, there's so much to talk about with it. W- yep. What's the status of the bill, first of all?
7: So the National Defense Authorization Act, which is important for our military and all of yeah. us support that. I represent Fort Sam Houston. I represent 80,000 veterans. Uh, it passed, It gets passed every year. The problem is, is it's a Christmas tree for garbage every year. Now, the question is, is how much garbage gets attached to it. This year, unfortunately, it was a lot. They threw a lot more money at it, despite no accountability for General Milley or Austin and what happened in, in, in Afghanistan and leaving assets for the Taliban and, and, and walking out with their tail between our legs. But importantly for, for, for this audience, I want them to understand The Republicans in the House of Representatives, two-thirds of them, just voted to vote for a National Defense Authorization Act that has language in it that would add daughters to the draft for the first time in our history. Now, think about that. Women would be added to the draft. We didn't debate it. We didn't offer an amendment. We literally just voted to pass it as a part of the National Defense Authorization Act. Two-thirds of Republicans supported it. Now, what else is in that bill? A gun-grabbing red flag position, which would uh, take uh, uh, guns away from uh, our service members. So there are bad things in this bill. Now, we're trying to tell the Senate you should strip this stuff out, but I want to be very clear. I cannot support... Republicans or vote for Republicans, whether Speaker of the House or whether it's for President, if they vote for something that's going to draft my 10-year-old daughter in eight years. We should not be having women sign up for selective service. That is not what a civilized country should do. If women want to volunteer, that's that's their business to decide how they want to serve. But we should not be drafting our our daughters our mothers our sisters, and I refuse to be a part of it
1: yeah there's a there's a lot of discussion complex that we could talk about but let me just say that when you're drafted you're drafted into the infantry you go to combat so we're talking about involuntarily drafting and you know with the left in charge they're going to take your your pregnant your young women uh, they will and they women cannot there's their upper body strength is thirty percent less than men they cannot do what men do in combat, and so it's ridiculous and dangerous, and the interesting thing Chip, is we have uh, Marsha Blackburn is in favor of it, and so is uh, from Missouri, um, the little veteran, What I can't think of her name there are two female senators, Republicans who are in favor of this I'll think of her name in a second, but Uh, Marsha Blackburn needs to be contacted. You guys need to let her know, blast her, because that's ridiculous. It's absolutely
7: absurd. And like, just real quick on the merits, right? Your your Department of Defense, our Department of Defense spent $36 million for a study five years ago to study combat units. And what did they find? Of course they found that they, all male units are 70% more effective relative to the mixed uh, sex units. And so, but you know, great, we spent $36 million to say the sky is blue. I get it. Like, here's the reality. A a civilized society doesn't do that. And and I hear my Republican colleagues say, don't worry, we won't draft our women. They won't ever actually draft them into combat. Hold on a second. Do you trust a federal government that just left $85 billion in the hands of assets, in the hands of the Taliban? The federal government that refuses to secure the border, a federal government where the president is now saying we're going to force people to get vaccinated by forcing businesses to vaccinate their employees or go into Texas and say, we're going to stop monoclonal antibody treatments. Do you do you trust the federal government mm-hmm. that does all that mm-hmm. to say they're not going to draft your daughter? I do not, and no Republican should vote to add women to the draft. No,
1: it's it's really it's uh, you say you're saying two thirds of the Republican caucus voted for this? Yes,
7: yes. Why? Oh. Because they hide behind the National Defense Authorization Act and they say we must do this because it has a pay raise for our troops. You know what? I support supporting our troops, but I am not going to allow troops to be used as cover to go say that we must force our girls, 18-year-old teenage girls, to go sign up for selective service.
1: I can't let you go without asking you about this, because I don't know how you feel about this, but that forced vaccination of troops, I am so upset about that, Chip. I'm I'm hearing from listeners who are military. I heard from one young Marine. He's got five kids. He's been in for, like, almost 20 years. And uh, he says, I I can't—I don't want to get that vaccination. And he said—and so now— uh, president Biden has signaled that he doesn't want to give honorable discharges to those that refuse it. What, you, what are your thoughts about this? Well, it's
7: absolutely horrific, I and mean, we should not be forcing these vaccines on anybody. Okay, that's not what we do in America. We should not be doing that. Uh, natural immunity is real. Okay, we know this. Uh, the president ignores it. He ignores it with all sorts of false signs trying to scare the American people. And now they're trying to do it to our men and women in uniform. They're trying to do it to border patrol agents. By the way, they're oh, trying I know. to force. It on them.
1: As of November first, I haven't even talked about that. And yet.
7: on the dishonorable discharge, like, look, look. Uh, the republicans are actually hiding also behind supporting the ndaa because they added an amendment to make it an honorable discharge well great i support that
1: but they but didn't you, pass did it
7: well well they they added the amendment <laughs> yeah. in the ndaa so it would change that yeah. but you know what why are we forcing them to even have an honorable discharge uh-huh. why are we forcing them to have to get right. out of the service who's going
1: to fight for them right. i this this young marine has contacted his congressman who is but Mark, he's a veteran himself. Mark Green. Mark Green. Yeah, well, and Mark, Mark
7: Green offered that amendment. To yeah, make but Mark a, Green
1: didn't do anything to help this Marine. I just want to say publicly, it's very disappointing. There doesn't seem, nobody seems to be fighting on their behalf. Well, slip service
7: well, and I don't know that Marine, and he can take that up with Mark. Mark's a good man, and I know Mark, and Mark offered the amendment to change it to be an honorable discharge. But my point to my colleagues is, great, do that, but you can't use that to hide behind supporting a bill that will draft our daughters. And by the way, we shouldn't be even honorably discharging men and women in uniform who want to serve. They've served their country, but, but, and now the president's saying you have to go get a jab when maybe they've got natural immunity and they don't want to do it. It's well, absolutely well, infuriating. Well, that's
1: the point, I think, yep. with the congressman. He's not even willing to fight okay, that. Right. You know, uh, so that it's not good enough. Yep. They're not fighting hard enough. Yep. Uh, congressman Roy, let's talk about this more sure. later, okay, Happy when I'm not going to have these time constraints. But I'm so glad you joined me. and. you. Um, God bless you and your family. God bless you and thank keep you, you safe. What you God thank so, you. Thank we'll talk you. Soon. Thank, Take okay, care, okay. All righty. All right. So um, my next guest, I think, is Jonathan Thompson. But uh, is that him, Jonathan? I think so. Thank you, Chip. Thank you so much, Congressman. I'm sorry, Jonathan Thompson. <laughs> I think that's him standing there. But unless I leave this microphone, I can't really run to get him. Uh, but um, so. Really, uh, to kind of boil down what Congressman Roy just said, I'm pretty sure that's my guess, but he's not. He's talking to someone else, and I'm not sure he's going to make it over here. <laughs> he's the executive director of the National Sheriff's Association, and I really wanted to talk to him. Adam, maybe you could call him or something. That would be helpful. Um, uh, so what Chip is saying, this national defense authorization bill is a, a travesty. It does have a lot of things in there that it, we didn't even get to a lot of egregious things and it's like our Congress is just continues to make terrible decisions the Republican leadership I have no faith in Kevin McCarthy I have no faith in Mitch McConnell they always have other calculations like political calculations and I, I heard a briefing from a really high-profile person a couple of weeks ago that made me realize that they don't um, they still are in that vortex of sort of thinking that the pendulum's going to swing this is just kind of a phase we're going through and we'll just kind of hang on and then it'll be our turn we'll take back the house we'll take back the senate but i i, I don't think i don't think they understand the dangers that we are in and the urgency of them actually doing their jobs so um... on the issue of the uh, women being drafted i i can't believe it's joni ernst that's the other senator the, the two Republican senators, Joni Ernst and uh, Marsha Blackburn, both support uh, drafting our daughters. I I just I can't believe that. I just that's like um, I have never even uh, women who are strong women who are, you know, committed to women's rights. I'm not one of them. I'm not one of them. I'm not committed to women's rights. I'm not. I believe women are different. I believe their roles are different from men. I believe God has made us differently. I don't think women are made to be people in combat. They can serve in the service. They do incredible incredible work, very effective, Uh, but they're not cut out to carry, you know, 40, 50 pound backpacks or their fellow soldiers uh, who are wounded in battle to get them out of harm's way. They can't do that. And so what happens is the men in those units have to, in those combat units, have to pick up the slack. And then you have, of course, the whole issue of serving in combat in the middle of war and um, you know, in the trenches, doing what you have to do, the personal needs, uh, the, you know, the personal care that you have to do for yourself as a woman and as a man. All those things go by the, by the wayside if you're out in combat. And so just throwing men and women together in that way is just wrong. It's just wrong, and I I cannot believe that um, Marsha Blackburn and Joni Ernst uh, are supporting this, and they need to hear from you. um, If you want more information, uh, Elaine Donnelly of Center for Military Readiness is really the expert on this. Uh, and you can find uh, her information. We I, I need to do an interview with her. I will, but right today I can't do that. So it's Center for Military Readiness, Elaine Donnelly, and she'll have all kinds of um, background that's readable. It's not like page after page on why it's not a good thing to uh, to draft our daughters. And I think that you'll um, that you would find that uh, beneficial, and that will help you when you make those phone calls to Marcia Blackburn and Joni Ernst, the reasons why they should not be doing that. And uh, so. Again, I'm uh, I'm coming to you from uh, the top of Fox News. It's it's really fun up here, uh, in spite of the subject matter. Uh, the city's kind of asleep right now, not quite awake. I guess it's a little too early. And I see um, uh, at the uh, train Union Station there are tents, like homeless people tents, all over the. If you've never been here, there's sort of a circular uh, front yard, as it were, to Union Station, and it's beautiful. It's a, a plaza. And it has uh, sidewalks uh, sidewalks that lead in the parameter, circular parameter, up to the center. And then there are steps going up and then there's huge flagpoles with three American flags. And then you have a beautiful statue, a Liberty Bell. It's a beautiful plaza. Um, And on that plaza are, oh, homeless tents. It's lovely. And so uh, this is kind of uh, what you see in DC. It's sad because this is such a beautiful city Uh, I did have, I'll just tell you this, since I'm chatting, and since I don't have my guest, I don't know what happened to him, um, I've been having some conversations with people on the streets, homeless people, and I will just tell you, last night I talked to, I was at Union Station buying a couple of things, like Diet Coke, just if you want to know, and so uh, there was a, a woman who approached me asking for money. And I ended up having quite a conversation with her, and I just, uh, I asked her, you know, I said, why are you, why are you in this situation? Why do you need money? And she told me that she's, um, you know, she's got several children. She said, I wanted to be a doctor, but um, I can't, I have, you know, I've got four children. I think it was four. And then she told me that her, she was very sweet, actually. Um, And she said, I just can't, I can't do this, and I can't make ends meet. And I said, "Uh, do you know anything about, About Jesus, and she said, "Yes, I do." And I said, "What do you know?" Well, she knew some rudimentary things. Then I just had a chance to really share with her and pray with her uh, uh, to to uh, understand that He died for her sins and He died for my sins and changed my life, and He could change hers too. So we had quite an interaction. So I'm trying to make uh, the best use possible of the time that I have, and uh, I thank God for that interaction with her. And so, if you think about it, pray for this girl. I think her name was Amala. Um, So, all right. So that's my personal story for today. (laughs) I'm going to now say goodbye to you just for a minute. And when we come back, we have a treat. Sergio Sanchez, who's uh, on the radio down uh, on the border, will be joining us. And it should be interesting. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk.
0: On the next Today's Issues, we'll continue to inform listeners. I don't know anybody who's ever been pulled over for driving while gay. Encourage Christians to make a difference. Our Mm. encouragement to folks is to find some help to, in a Christian way, deal with the temptation. And equip you to help restore the moral foundations of our nation. It's the squeaky wheel, it's the grease. Don't miss the next Today's Issues, weekdays at 11 Eastern, 10 Central on AFR or online at AFR.net. Target is in the bullseye because of its transgender bathroom
6: policy. A
3: petition by the American Family Association to boycott Target now surpassing a
5: million signatures and counting.
1: People have their own beliefs and stuff, but what can it hurt? What can it hurt? What can it
3: hurt? Could it, it hurts our daughters.
1: It hurts you. It
2: hurts our families.
1: It hurts me. It hurts,
2: me. It it hurts all, all of us. us.
3: Sign the petition to boycott Target at AFA.net. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Look briefly at one of your fingers. You've just witnessed one of the greatest displays of God's creative intent there is. No other person in all the world, even an identical twin, shares your fingerprint. God specifically designed each of us to be unique. That means we shouldn't try to carbon copy anyone else in the Christian faith. If God made you an arm in his body or a kneecap, praise be to our glorious God for drawing us to become a part of his body. How freeing it is to realize that we were never meant to copy anyone but Jesus.
0: Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Dan Celia of Financial Issues. Would you make one of the most important phone calls that you can make as far as your economic, your financial stewardship? I believe that permanent income is incredibly important to us, especially when you're retired. Listen, one thing we know for certain, the consumption of goods and your cost are never going to change. Make sure that you protect your income. Social Security, you will likely have maybe a pension. Add to permanent income with a charitable gift annuity and do the Lord's work. There's no better organization to do it with than the AFA Foundation and no better time in our economy Than right now. Call and speak with a representative of the AFA Foundation at 800 326 4543, extension 345. This is Frank Gaffney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Joint Chiefs Chairman Mark Milley has informed Congress that it's, quote, too early to tell, unquote, whether the American people are safer as a result of the humiliating strategic defeat in Afghanistan that Joe Biden engineered with his help. He says we'll know in six months. Those statements aren't simply wrong. They're delusional. The Biden bug-out of Afghanistan has created a terrorist superstate in which domestic and foreign Sharia supremacists enjoy a sanctuary to engage in jihad worldwide. They obtained an immense arsenal, are murdering their opponents with impunity and are emboldened to do the same to the rest of us. In short, we're in far greater danger than we were prior to Biden's presidency, let alone his Afghan surrender. And the only thing that will be even more clear in six months is that General Milley cannot safely be in charge of anything. This is Frank Gaffney.
4: Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American family radio.
6: Well, despite Biden's best efforts to deal real, still queen city, of the real grandy uh, deal real still shaken uh, where we've, He's shook us to the core. He's hurt us economically. Uh, and it just doesn't seem to matter. It looks like, I mean, it looks like the guy's gone mad to do a community in, in our country the way he has done us down here. Uh, the residents are in love with our Border Patrol, DPS. We thank our Governor Abbott, our Congressman Tony Gonzalez, and Senator Cruz for getting on board and helping us with this effort. Uh, he kind of, you know, he kind of picked on the weak spot of the border, and I guess that's us. And and uh, we expect more to come. This guy's not through with us. He's, He's not through with this country. Number one, they shut the bridge down, and that bridge is the largest source of income for Dill Real. It, it might be larger than our Avaloro taxes. And we're seeing people all over town. Uh, they're lost. Uh, uh, the facility right behind my shoulder is customs. Uh, that's no longer needed. Uh, the border's been opened, and, and that's when you come back from Mexico. You go through customs to approve your, you know, show your passport and declare your goods and things like that. Our interstate commerce has been our our commerce between here and our sister city in Acuna has been shut down. Uh, people are really hurting. Our, our businesses are hurting. The economics. But what we see here is is, is people all over town. Uh, the Haitians. I'm saying. In our grocery stores, and they haven't been tested. COVID, COVID is rampant, uh, uh, it's, and it doesn't affect the United States of America. Right. It's affecting Mexico also. They're they're still over in Acuna. I see that Acuna. That's their sister city right across the river. Right. It's it's quite a bit bigger than Del Rio, but they're over there, and and, and uh, uh, I'm hoping that the Mexican government will start doing something with them and and turning them back like uh, President Trump had them
1: going. Now that's Lee Weathersby who lives in Del Rio, Um, a resident of Del Rio describing the conditions there. You know, those of us, like in D.C. right now and the other places of the country where we live, uh, it hasn't become real to us, but for people who are on the border, it is real right now and has been actually for a couple of decades, it's just getting worse. And so, Sergio, Sergio Sanchez is a talk show host at KURV AM 710, McAllen, Texas. McAllen really is ground zero of this border crisis. And so, uh, Sergio, uh, thanks, first of all, for joining me. Yeah,
4: thanks, Sandy. Thanks so,
1: for the invite. All right, so uh, let's talk as a private citizen. You live in McAllen, I'm guessing?
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah, so t- describe what's what's life like there? Is it business as usual, or what? how, how is this disrupt, disrupting life?
4: There's a 10-mile difference between... Um, City limits McAllen and the Rio Grande River. Unlike Del Rio, Del Rio's right on the river. Del Rio, Texas, right on the river. So they were hosting people coming in. Uh, I was explaining this to somebody else yesterday. Uh, There's a disconnect between the citizens of McAllen and the everyday tragedy of human beings coming across the board, children being abandoned, babies being abandoned, five-, six-year-old one walking ranch land nine miles south of the city just a mile north of the river being plucked up by border patrol it, it's a human tragedy uh, there is a disconnect uh, they know what's going on because border patrol they they're neighbors uh, CBP people customs they are our neighbors and police sheriffs they, they know what's going on they don't see it and which reminds me of the media malpractice that's taking place nationwide in this country. You, you just mentioned that in, in the heart of America, the central portions of America, uh, the disconnect, uh, the chasm, is is unexplainable. Uh, there was a. I have a friend of mine who's in broadcasting, George from San Antonio, on his flight from San Antonio here, uh, and you know they, they. Even in San Antonio, there's a disconnect of what's taking place on on the border because, the message is not consistent enough it's not prioritized enough by national media i was doing a flipping of the channels last time in my hotel room i'm watching literally cnn prioritizing the britney spears legal fight where they dad, like on and on with experts and panelists and i'm going to msnbc and they were I don't know, they're just wasting their time. It's like Fox News is the only one in a couple of and, other... And
1: Fox has been consumed by the murder of that girl who does yes, the... Fox. Po- yeah. Just on and on and on and, and, and on.
4: Fox is the only one carrying the water on right, this. Right, I know. Yeah, and, and the, but they also get distracted with missing you know, young well, ladies. Oh, it's some more and,
1: sexy stories, yeah. so, yeah. Uh,
4: I, I, maybe, I don't know what it is, Chaney. Maybe it's. it's... Illegal immigration, border, human tragedy, fatigue on the part of, of media or a country, you know, because there's war fatigue and on this issue, maybe we're just tired as a nation uh, with this problem. But it's not going away and it's getting worse. Mm-hmm. You mentioned McCallum being ground zero. Absolutely. We were getting 3,000 illegal immigrants every single day crossing just south in McCallum, Border Patrol trying to plug up all these people in the meantime. As they're processing 3,000 women and children and so-called family units and rent kids and whatever they're doing to, to process all these people, you got getaways going around them, probably at anywhere between 50% to 75% of that amount, just getting away from them, bringing in drugs, bringing in fentanyl, bringing in cocaine. What? Running because they're MS-13 gang members, or they have criminal history, whatever. That's getting away. The getaways that are going to metro areas, going to the nation's interior, going to big markets to go make money.
1: So they don't stay in McAllen no. to do their dirty work. That's so another reason
4: they, you know, yeah. So they, they don't disconnect.
1: just go somewhere else. Yeah. The, would you agree with the notion that the cartels are actually controlling the border completely? Absolutely.
4: What well, yeah. the, the cartels run Mexico. The car, the criminal cartels, drug cartels. There's varying, uh, varying. Uh, uh, names and family associations and loyalties, but all of those cartels, they run Mexico. There is no government in Mexico outside of the cartels. Even the so-called government, the municipalities, state people, they're the ones that are on the take. So when you're on the take from the cartels, uh, they own you.
1: I'm curious, how, how in the world did the Remain in Mexico policy go into effect? Uh, why would the cartels allow that then?
4: We have the benefit of, um, of COVID and the cartels did a
1: pitiful interesting way to right. put it right <laughs> uh,
4: you could use that as an excuse as an excuse and when you have Donald Trump a real leader who pressed Mexico City uh, Andres Manuelio you know, AMLO the the president in Mexico City I so, said, oh, you're not going to participate with, with this program? Okay, I'll start taxing every single item that you produce under NAFTA, headed toward McAllen, headed towards Laredo, 5% for 30 days, then 15% 60 days, and then a 25% 90 days from now. Oh, Mexico City, AMLO in line real quick. <laughs> and When they want to fix something in Mexico, they can fix it. Besides, <laughs> at that time, Mexico, uh, the cartels, really hadn't tasted to the degree they're tasting now all the money coming in from all the head of human cattle being crossed they really didn't taste the billions upon billions of dollars that that they're raking in right now compared to you know donald trump and when we had catch and return they were making money off of the human trafficking illegal immigrants paying the cartels money to to cross mexico but right now it's ridiculously exorbitantly higher than it was when it was back then
1: let's talk about the health issue and about COVID because, you know, infamously, they're not uh, testing. They're not, they don't seem to, my impression is that they don't really, they're not guarding America's health by checking the illegal immigrants coming across the border. Yeah, so isn't that affecting McAllen? Isn't that a concern?
4: Yeah, it is. Uh, (laughs) We've been fortunate that it, it didn't lead to a deadly outbreak of COVID. Yeah, it probably spread quite a bit. We got the County Health Authority, but they were counting based on addresses and city of residency people that were tested by Catholic charities or the you know, non-government organizations because border patrols don't do that. About 10% of the COVID cases were the illegal immigrants uh, in the area. But, as I said, they held them for a little while and then they left. They left the mark. They went to. So they the went theory.
1: to the country somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. And yes. they put them on planes. Oh, yeah. And I think that's the irony you know, that they would. <laughs> you you can't get on a plane unless you've had a COVID test or for ah, some, the vaccination. Ah. And they put illegal immigrants sitting next to you without any kind of yeah. checking at all.
4: Harlingen, Texas is 45 miles east of McAllen. It has a. a we have three airports Brownsville, Mc, Harlingen, and McAllen. Uh, it's the McAllen airport that almost every single outbound flight is full of women and kids and, and family units with their little manila folders they've been processed by border patrol with a notice to appear or a notice to report whatever they've gotten the little magic ticket to enter the interior of a country and they fill up those planes i did not take an huh, outbound flight from mccallum i went to Harlingen, and, and that plane was pretty much empty uh, coming over to Houston and then eventually to D.C. Yeah, it's every day.
1: Talk about the big uh, so-called charities that are... Uh, in the past, I knew more about this. Like w- during the uh, Obama years, I knew more about the charities that were encouraging and, you know, it was a big money proposition. They were making millions of dollars from yeah. the government. Uh, so what's happening with that now?
4: Nothing has changed, Sandy, except for maybe a few more extra zeros at the end of those checks that are coming in. So
1: Catholic charities, uh, Lutheran yeah, charities... They have to be compensated for, yeah. the, for their charity yeah so it's uh, they're making huge money hand over yeah, fist some, it's helping the
4: government bank what was it initially one of the reports again 86 million dollars for housing family units in hotels <laughs> we got we got homeless veterans all over the country here in D.C. in american yes, cities right. uh but yeah. we're paying 86 million and that was just the first announcement imagine how many more allocations have been made to house these family units quote unquote and, and put them in hotel uh, in you know, on the border or anywhere in the interior, just housing temporarily.
1: And they were putting them in luxury hotels, not just uh, like Motel Six. They were putting Whatever's them in luxury hotels. Yeah. yeah.
4: Private hotel owners they can contract, and file, uh, si- sign up for that program to, to receive compensation. Yeah. To so, participate in the program they have. All
1: right. It's like a disaster. It, it is a yeah. disaster. And now uh, it's always okay. I have to ask you this. <laughs> I'm. I'm assuming you've been in the U.S. for a very long time. You have a little exit, but not too much. Yeah. Are you Mexican by birth? My
4: parents are Mexican. Okay. And uh, uh, I am natural born U.S. M- my parents waited ten years, though, uh, for a chance to get a green card and naturalize. They. Uh, I grew up as a teenager in Houston after they naturalized. Uh, so that's that's where I grew up. All
1: right. So how do how do um, Hispanic Americans, Mexican Americans? We'll say that because that seems to be the well, there's all kinds, Central America. We're talking about Haitians, but there's still this surge of people from Central and South America. Why, how Make the case why this is not a race issue. Could you please do that, Sarah?
4: <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. Um, race has nothing to do with um, I, you could. I suppose if you could turn the table on the Biden administration, you could say, hey, why are you guys kicking out these folks from Haiti? How come you didn't fill planes up from folks from Central America? How come you're you're being you're being racist, discriminatory against the more darker skinned uh, uh, you know nice people from from Haiti as compared to the uh, brown skinned folks from Central America? There's a disparity, a desperation, a lack of. A lack of confidence quite frankly when it comes to this administration in handling the situation. It's it's a disaster. As I said earlier it's like a disaster I meant like a disaster, like a theme of hurricane test. Yes, right. Or they right, open right. up hotel. No, I agree, but yeah. yeah. But it's you know they They don't know what they're doing. Biden doesn't know what 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 he's doing.
1: Oh well, I think he does, but (laughs) (laughs) sorry, I'll take that back too. Sergio, I I I sense just like Henry Cuellar is—he's a Democrat and he's talk—he's concerned. He's talking about it. Uh, He's worried about the Haitians coming across the border and. I was, I've said this three times on the show today, but I'll repeat it again. MSNBC is actually, one of their anchors was talking about what's happening at the border and was saying, where's Kamala? Now, that was just last week. So my question for you is, Hispanic Americans are widely, most for the most part, demographically uh, Democrats. And I understand a lot of the media, they don't have media so that they, they're sort of co-opted uh, to Democrats. Um, so what do you think this is doing? Do you sense a shift in the Hispanic population I mean of the Hispanic culture because a lot of the Hispanics are American cultures so I'm talking about Hispanic I would culture.
4: only hope that there is a shift from more common sense uh, Latino Hispanic Americans toward solving this issue uh, arresting this problem I think I, I, I'm a strong believer that is for conservative Hispanics, which is roughly a third of the vote, national, local—you uh, just go look at the numbers. Hispanics, you could you could say by the way that they vote, about a third of them are are conservative or lean conservative. I think it's hardening that base, yeah. and I would hope that the more moderate, uh, you know, s- squishy middle type of Latinos that are apolitical, maybe they see the problem and are shifting toward a more conservative side. It's my—it's—it's it's only a hope, uh, but see the the hispanic latino demographic is is fractured it's it's not homogenous no 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 of course not cubans yeah right puerto ricans Ricans, it's it's all over the place
1: yeah right okay question uh before we have to say goodbye oh there's the there's the music are you happy with the way the governor's handled this your governor governor abbott
4: i i thank him for trying Mm -hmm. and i more power to him we got to do something. We just can't sit back. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a human tsunami. You got to do something. Yeah. Thank you, Governor Happy.
1: Yeah. All, All right. right, Sergio Sanchez, talk show K U R V A M seven ten in McAllen, Texas. If you're down there, and lots of you probably are down there. So, Sergio, thanks. I appreciate you joining me today What's and uh, spending your, you. your, your, the voice that you have, lending it to us for a little bit of time here. Call Thank any you. Time. Okay. All right. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk.